You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Mr. Smith turns down HBO's offer of a quarter-million-dollar bug bounty. Fancy Bear uses eternal blue tools against hotel Wi-Fi networks. An argument over who leaked DNC emails last year flares again. New versions of Lockie and Mamba ransomware circulate in the wild. The U.S. Department of Defense is ready to use rapid acquisition to buy cyber tools and services. The FBI says a Maryland man used eBay and PayPal to receive ISIS funds for possible terror activity. Ukraine makes an arrest in the NotPetya case, and WikiLeaks dumps the video intercept tool Couch Potato. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Friday, August 11, 2017. The HBO hacker, or hackers going by Mr. Smith, released an email yesterday from HBO that offered them, Variety reports, a bounty payment of $250,000 as part of a program in which white hat IT professionals are rewarded for bringing these types of things to our attention. Mr. Smith wasn't buying. The hackers want millions. So it appears that one of the following happened. Either HBO offered ransom covered by the fig leaf of a bug bounty, or HBO hoped to finesse the hackers into becoming harmless white hats, or HBO hoped to wrap them up for delivery to law enforcement. Whatever was going on, the hackers spit the hook and called variety. Mr. Smith's demand for a salary is curious, but an article in the Register suggests some interesting background. The ransom note HBO received indicated that Mr. Smith has an annual budget of $500,000, which it uses to buy zero days. So they're investing in tools that will enable them to compromise corporate networks, which would make them a zero-day broker gone rogue, using tools themselves as opposed to selling them to, for example, governments who might want them for lawful intercept purposes. In any case, HBO and Mr. Smith appear for now to be at an impasse. Fancy Bear is back in the news. FireEye reports that the threat actor, who comes courtesy of Russia's GRU, has undertaken an ambitious program of spying on high-value hotel guests through hotel Wi-Fi systems. Fancy Bear is apparently using Eternal Blue tools, believed to have been leaked from NSA and posted online by the shadow brokers, to propagate surveillance code across targeted networks. The attacks, which affected moderately high-end hotels in seven European and one Middle Eastern capital, began as usual with phishing. Once access was gained by phishing, the attackers used Eternal Blue to move swiftly through the networks, and then, once the servers were compromised, installed the Responder tool. Responder both monitors traffic across a network and harvests credentials from machines connected to that network. FireEye began noticing the hotel attacks in late 2016. They say an important piece of circumstantial evidence pointing to Fancy Bear is the discovery of two GRU-connected malware strains 
GameFish, and X-Tunnel installed on victim devices. The company also says it's got more dispositive evidence in the form of observations they've made of the incident's command and control, but for now, FireEye is holding that evidence close. Fancy Bear, along with its FSB colleague Cozy Bear, are generally believed to have gotten into the systems of the U.S. Democratic National Committee and the Clinton presidential campaign during the 2016 U.S. election cycle. Emails damaging to both the DNC and the campaign were publicly exposed by WikiLeaks, and it's been generally thought on circumstantial grounds that WikiLeaks got the material it released from Russian intelligence services. WikiLeaks's Julian Assange has denied this, but few have given the denials much credence. The principal alternative theory of the leaks is that they originated with disgruntled insiders, perhaps supporters of Senator Sanders' campaign. This has been largely a partisan theory, advanced by opponents of the Clinton presidential run. But this week, both Bloomberg and The Nation, neither one a right-wing media operation, indeed The Nation is decidedly left-wing, have reported that sources close to the U.S. intelligence community, some of whom are described as retired intelligence officers, say there's in fact considerable forensic evidence that the material WikiLeaks received indeed came from disgruntled insiders. The DNC has told the nation that they're disappointed in them. Quote, U.S. intelligence agencies have concluded the Russian government hacked the DNC in an attempt to interfere in the election. Any suggestion otherwise is false and is just another conspiracy theory, like those pushed by Trump and his administration. It's unfortunate that the nation has decided to join the conspiracy theorists to push this narrative. End quote. Bloomberg View argues that the theory and the evidence behind it are worth a look. The sources, Bloomberg notes, have names and reputations, and while there's a great deal of evidence pointing toward Russian intelligence services, it's certainly possible that more than one actor was interested in DNC emails. The names and reputations of the nation's sources, members of veteran intelligence professionals for sanity, may be controversial, but Bloomberg View's op-ed piece thinks them worthy of at least a hearing. In more ordinary crime news, two familiar strains of ransomware have resurfaced in the wild. Both Lockie and Mamba are out in an enhanced, more virulent form. Mamba is best known for encrypting entire drives. It's been active mostly against targets in Brazil and Saudi Arabia. Lockie has seen widespread distribution. It's now being carried in a large, malicious spam campaign. In the U.S., some Defense Department rapid acquisition tools are coming into use. Both DIUX and SCO have received enhanced purchasing authority. U.S. Cyber Command will begin using its rapid acquisition authority by the end of September. These are of particular interest to the security industry, since these more agile procurement methods are designed to get quickly advancing technology into the hands of operators. Security tools figure prominently among the products the Department of Defense has in mind. An unsealed FBI affidavit says that a Maryland man arrested last year in connection with alleged ISIS activities was involved in using eBay and PayPal to siphon cash to the terrorist group. Mohammed El-Shanawi, a U.S. citizen, is alleged to have pledged allegiance to Islamic State. The FBI says he had run bogus printer sales on eBay as a cover for his receipt of ISIS money through PayPal. The funds, the government alleges, were probably intended to have been used in terror operations in the U.S. Ukrainian police last week arrested a man in Nikopol for distributing Notpetya. 
The arrest of the 55-year-old unnamed man was announced by the Cyber Division of Ukraine's National Police last Saturday. And finally, WikiLeaks's weekly dump from Vault 7 features documents covering Couch Potato, said to be a CIA tool that remotely collects video streams. One has to give credit where credit is due. Couch Potato is a nice name for a tool that lets you sit back and watch, whatever those video streams are showing. Investigation into where WikiLeaks is getting the contents of Vault 7 proceeds, but so far without publicly disclosed results. And of course, the same can be said of the Shadow Brokers, who are expected to resurface around the end of the month. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And I'm pleased to be joined once again by David DeFore. He's the Senior Director of Engineering and Cybersecurity at WebRoot. David, welcome back. Um, we wanted to go through some of the basics today, some of the, uh, the nuts and bolts sort of basic cyber hygiene that uh, you think people should be paying attention to. Um, you bet. And David, thanks for having me back. And, you know, with WannaCry and, and, and all of this going around ransomware, um, I, I thought it'd, it'd be good if we could just talk about your basic security toolbox and, and some very simple things that would have prevented you from being, you know, a victim of, of WannaCry. A little anecdote I like to, to talk about is, you know, everybody wants to find ways to, uh, you know, reduce traffic accidents and, and things like that. But the number one way is if we all just drove 55 there'd be fewer accidents, right? Right, so, put on your seatbelt, right? Exactly, it's it's that simple. So in the cybersecurity world, I always am excited to talk about the new machine modeling or, or new ways of, of identifying threats, but it's the mundane things, uh, David, that actually do the most benefit for us. What kinds of things are we talking about here? 
making sure you've got offline backups so that those backups can't get encrypted by ransomware. Uh, this would be backups of important files. You know, the world can't live without all those selfies of you, David. Um, <laughs> so we need to make sure they're backed up. That's true. In addition to that, we want to make sure we're applying regularly the security patches for our operating system, whether that be OSX, whether that be Windows. Having those latest up-to-date security patches, having backups, uh, you know, ransomware, uh, the, the WannaCry issue, you wouldn't have even felt it because because you would have been prepared to recover from it. And why do you think people have ongoing, consistent trouble with this? It seems like we, we say this over and over again, and yet time and time again, people aren't taking care of these things. Probably it's kind of like going to the gym. You have good intentions, but but trying to get there is the hard thing. It's boring. It's mundane. It's something you have to keep up with all the time. If you do that and you, you keep a good antivirus software up to date, you're, you're going to mitigate almost every security problem that you uh, will come across. All right. Good advice. David DeFore, thanks for joining us. Struggling to secure on-prem apps with modern identity? Don't worry, you're not alone. Join industry leaders from Fortune 500 organizations to secure your apps on any cloud with any IDP, regardless of your environment's complexity. Meet Strata's identity orchestration platform, Mavericks. Say goodbye to the headaches of app refactoring and legacy tech debt. With identity orchestration, you can modernize legacy apps to use MFA or passwordless authentication in a few weeks, migrate from one IDP to another, and so much more without changing the app. No matter your IAM use case, Strata extends the value of your current identity investments. And the best part? You can try it for free today. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire to share your biggest identity challenge, and they'll hook you up with a complimentary pair of AirPods Pro. Don't miss out. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire. That's strata.io slash cyberwire. My guest today is Barmak Mefta. He's the president and CEO at Alien Vault, a cybersecurity company that claims to be on a mission to provide organizations throughout the universe with highly intelligent security that is affordable and simple to use. He's been at the helm there since 2011, and before that served as vice president of the Enterprise Security Products Division at HP. He has over 20 years' experience in the industry. I think the big change is the trend towards uh, integration, orchestration, and simplicity in cybersecurity. I think, you know, for a long period of time, uh, the industry is focused on inventing point products to counteract threat vectors that we've observed over the last 20, 30 years. And the problem has become the explosion of these point products. And it's, it's very evident. I think the easiest way to see, see that is walk the show floors of Black Hat or RSA. And you, you see sort of the exponential growth of how many cybersecurity companies are out there. And they're all doing great stuff. So, uh, but, but the unfortunate truth is that um, the majority of the companies out there just don't have the skill set, the talent, the affordability uh, to be able to glue and and integrate all these point products together uh, to come up with more of a comprehensive end-to-end security story for their company. 
And so, you know, the big trends that we're seeing uh, is around orchestration, integration and simplicity uh, and making the complex problem of security uh, more simplified. And then also on the threat intelligence side, we're seeing a lot of collaboration in terms of how we can bring the community together to share threat intelligence and threat data more effectively. So if I'm someone who's walking around on a show floor and I'm trying to balance my need for simplicity, um, but also not wanting to put all my eggs in one basket in terms of relying on a single vendor, what do you think the best way for, for me is to approach the sort of the tension between those two needs? Yeah, it's a great question. In fact, I would actually uh, further that question because the other question I get often is, you know, if you err on the side of orchestration, simplicity, and integration, are you going to suboptimize best of breed approaches to security? So let me address those two. So the first is sort of the single vendor approach to security, which is more of an all-in-one approach. And I actually don't believe in that. I think you can have an orchestrated and integrated approach to security without necessarily putting all your eggs in one basket. The, the, the analogy I would use is the operating system. So you typically use one operating system or the other. There's probably about five or six you know, main operating systems out there. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you have to buy your applications from the same vendor over and over again. In fact, the App Store in the case of Apple, is full of applications that are from hundreds of thousands of vendors out there. And so, you know, what we promote at Alien Vault is more of an approach of, you know, having one underlying orchestration platform, which is very analogous to an operating system, but then give the ability through a very well-defined extensibility layer, again, like an operating system, to third-party vendors to be able to build security controls because these threat vectors are, aren't going to be the same and, and the hackers will invent new threat vectors. So there ought to be a way for security vendors to create innovative solutions around both security protection, security detection, security response, but but without the need to constantly change the infrastructure over and over again. The biggest cost of security for any company is the infrastructure and the operational cost of security of, of how do you have these security controls talk together in a coherent, integrated, orchestrated way. So, you know, there is a way to come up with a very... Uh, elegant, I would argue, cloud-driven, orchestrated platform and still give the security vendors the ability to innovate and come up with their security controls because those security controls will change on an ongoing basis. On the second thread, you know, this argument that if you make security orchestration and integration elegant and simplified and I would argue affordable so that every company can enjoy security end to end, somehow you're suboptimizing on the security controls and you make the security controls not as good and not as best breed. It's just a false argument, right? Because the side of the brain that makes something very elegant and simple doesn't have to necessarily cease to function to make each security control also extremely good and strong compared to the alternative. So, you know, we would argue you could have an orchestrated approach to security, an integrated approach to security, ideally cloud-driven, uh, so it makes it really easy and affordable for people to use and, and not necessarily suboptimize on the integrity, the strength of each of these security controls that you're building. As you look ahead toward the horizon, what are some of the challenges that you see coming towards us, perhaps things that we don't have to deal with today yet, and how do you think, as an industry, we're going to have to adapt to face them? 
Well, um, you know, the good news is because of the prevalence and, and more importantly, because of the press that a lot of these breaches are getting, the awareness around security uh, is exponentially increased. I mean, I entered the cybersecurity world uh, late 2002, early 2003, and I got to tell you, over the last 15, 16 years, the awareness around security, compliance, governance has increased dramatically. And, and as you probably have heard from other people, the role of the CISO has been elevated uh, exponentially in the organization. So so I think I think the first step is, uh, you know, the treatment of security and risk of, uh, around IT at the same level um, that a company would treat risk as it's applied to its own existence, uh, and and so that's great. You know you, that you know you're getting that position elevated. It's a board level agenda item now, and and all that stuff is great. So so I think we're actually going towards the right direction, which is which is the elevation of security and risk basically at the highest level. Our thanks to Barmek Mefta for joining us. There's an extended version of this interview available exclusively to our Patreon subscribers at patreon.com slash the cyberwire. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Rick here. At N2K CyberWire, we're dedicated to continuously improving the quality of the news and commentary on our network. That's why we're inviting you to participate in our 2024 audience survey. It only takes a few minutes and your feedback is invaluable. Plus, you'll have the chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card as a thank you for your time. Head on over to cyberwire.com survey. That's cyberwire.com survey to share your feedback now.